And just like that, we are back with episode two of No Hard Feelings. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Thomas Petri. If you guys are new here, hello. Um, I'm excited to be back for another episode. I'm going to be doing this every week, as I said, guys. I am going to be having guests on soon. I'm planning for the first one next week. Um, so I'm very excited for that. And we're going to we're gonna have a lot of fun with it. But I don't want to miss any weeks. And I just want to come on here to talk with you guys and have another amazing week. I hope you guys are doing well. Okay, what are you guys doing? It's it's Wednesday when I'm filming this, huh? What are you guys up to? Better be something fun, okay? Um, speaking of the Chargers, sorry, just starting off with that. Uh, Justin Herbert went out, and so this season's done. Who cares? Forget them. Fuck them. I always have so much belief in them. Let down every single year. I've been following them for like 20 years. They suck. Always. Ever since I was a kid. And when my dad was a kid, they sucked still. So, you know, that's all we got. But welcome back to today's episode. Today's episode is going to be a juicy one. Uh, No, just kidding. I'm talking about why I moved out of Los Angeles and why I live where I currently live, which is like 45 minutes outside. And then the topic of leaving LA. Um, So yeah, diving into why I left LA. So when I was, I want to say 17. Yeah. So when I was 17, I dropped out of NYU and I moved in and I lived on my cousin's couch. And a lot of you guys don't know this about me. I've talked about this on podcasts, but I've daily vlogged for three years. So I started daily vlogging when I was 16 and I did it until I was 19 or 20. So it was like three and a half years that I was daily vlogging. But when I was 17, I dropped out of college and I moved to New York. I mean, when I was 17, I graduated high school, moved to New York. Then I dropped out and moved into my cousin's living room. Now, this was a very shitty apartment like just blatantly like looking back on it when I was there I was so appreciative to just get out of my home environment and be somewhere new and live in LA and that was such a dream of mine ever since I was a kid and I'm sure that a lot of you guys if you want to be social media people if you want to whatever it may be LA is this beautiful place well it used to be so when I moved to LA it was 2016 I graduated so yeah, it was summer of 2016 was when I ended up here, back here, like September-ish, uh, right around my birthday when I turned 18, I moved to LA. And I started doing Postmates, and I did that maybe six to eight hours a day on average, some days 10, 12 hours, and then I would daily vlog. So I would get home, edit all night, go to bed at one in the morning, restart, on top of working out every day, and just trying to, I was like, I'm going to work harder than everybody else, and that's going to be how I make it. Funny enough, three years into it, that's not how I made it at all. Um, The daily vlogging was just a stepping stone. And that's kind of what's funny about life is I look back at that as such a learning lesson. But it's funny because people would think like, oh, you daily vlog. So that's how you blew up. No, I was daily vlogging, getting like 500 to 1000 views and just trying so hard to get something going. And that's how I was able to like I had that work ethic instilled within me to work harder than anybody else. And that was the whole logic behind it was if I'm going to work eight, 10 hours a day, then I'm going to daily vlog. I'm going to work out every day. I'm going to eat right. I'm doing all the right things and they're going to lead to something. And they did in a way. And this is why, you know, I'm, I'm religious. I believe in God. And that's kind of something that helped me a lot throughout that time was like, it's going to work out in God's plan for me. And that was my logic. So daily vlog, nothing happened from it. But then I made, met Jake Paul like a year into living in LA became friends with him. He helped me out. Um, that's when my channel first got a little bit of recognition and then that didn't really work out either that way, the way I hoped it was going to, but it it did, it was a stepping stone and then hype house, whatever. That's what happened next. But 
I lived in LA and during this whole time, like it was, it was a dream come true. Like everywhere I went, like you, I ran into Tyler, the creator a couple times. I thought that was so crazy to be living in LA. I met ASAP Rocky at a uh, jerk chicken place that I love in LA and just kind of like, it felt like, wow, I'm a part of this city and the city is always breathing life into things and, and all of this. And you feel like you're, the opportunity is endless. And I was young, so I moved here and I was so excited. And then now, flash forward a few years, you know, I've been living in LA for I'm 25 now. So what is that? S- seven years I've been living in LA because I was 18 mainly. So like right when I, I was 17, but just turned 18 at the end of that summer. So I'm going to say 18 to 25. So it was seven, it's been, been here for seven years, which is crazy. And after year two or three is when hype house started 2019 2017 yeah yeah like two years into it almost three because it was almost like the end of 2019 was when everything kind of blew up started making money had the option of where to live and we chose encino for that first house and if you guys know anything about la la city right here okay the valley is here i live all the way out here so i like removed myself from the city as far as i could possibly get uh, while still being able to like, if I have a meeting in LA, I can drive in. And so we, I went from Culver city, which is like in the heart of LA near everything. I was able five, 10, 15 minute drive from anywhere I wanted to be really in the heart of it. Then over the course of the next two years, like I moved out to Encino, then moved to Hollywood and oh my God, that place was a nightmare, nightmare. I mean, just from people being outside of the house, no privacy at all. People flew drones like Hollywood fix or not Hollywood fix. Fletcher was nice, but there was like paparazzi during that time that would fly drones up to our window. And like me and I would be in bed and we could see like a drone at our window and the windows were all glass, like trying to film us. And we were like, what the hell is going on? And then people would be filming through the cracks because there was like these glass panels. And then underneath there'd be like a three inch gap and you could film through that. So people would be filming us in bed, like at seven in the morning. We're like, holy shit. Then people breaking in, you know, we had two break-ins there with two break-ins at the first house. Um, I had to like throw a guy out at the second one. That wasn't fun. Police called often. That place was a nightmare. Um, not a great situation overall. I could go on and on about how terrible that Hollywood Hills house was. But on top of that, Without it being a nightmare, things being broken that didn't work, like just a piece of crap house overall. Um, and then also a lot of issues that came after that, which I can't talk about, unfortunately. Wish I could. Um, but all of that, that house sucked. Hollywood, and keep in mind, I was paying forty-five dollars or $50,000 a month for that place. And yeah, nightmare. So it was unbelievably expensive. And it's still still a nightmare. But so I was like, I'll never, ever, ever live back in Hollywood ever. And on top of that, I will never rent again. That was kind of like my logic then. And driving anywhere was, I remember I mapped to Boa. We used to go to this restaurant all the time in LA called Boa. And it was 40 minutes one night because of the traffic in LA. And that was when I was thinking about moving and we were looking at this house and it was an hour outside of the city. And I mapped from here to Boa and keep in mind, it's like a 40 mile drive and it was 45 minutes. It was the same amount of time to get to this restaurant 
that it took from going like five, six miles away from going 40 miles away just because of how crazy the LA traffic was. So for me, I was like, I'm done with LA. I'm not going to live in the city anymore. I don't want to be around this madness. Like I have fast cars and I love them. I love driving. You can't even drive there because people suck so bad at driving in the, in the two years that I was living there in my Mazda three, I think I got into three accidents. I got rear-ended by someone going like 40 miles per hour at a red light. I got sideswiped and then I got hit. I turned right and it was a yield and someone, or no, no, someone turned right at a yield and I was going straight on a green light and I nailed them because they just like ran it because they didn't care. So three accidents that were not my fault. My car had to be like redone multiple times. I think there's a 99% chance of you getting in a car accident in LA within three years if you drive, like if you commute every day. So I was like, no more done with this city. I'm not living here. Then moved out of the city and came out here. And that was just because I needed a breather during those, during those first two houses that we had, there was people who would come over uninvited. People who would sleep uninvited. We would sometimes like go in the movie theater downstairs. There'd be like 10 people that were just like stragglers kind of like living in the house with nobody knowing it was, it was not great and not ideal. Um, so there was that, that happened at the first house too. We'd like walk in the living room and be like, who is that? Who is sleeping here? Who's been here for three days? And then I was the one who was responsible for like kicking all those people out because somebody had to do it and someone had to be mature. And that was me. So I was like, never again, bought the house out here, moved out, started a fresh life out here, started hype house with like Bryce and Ace and all them. That was such a good time. And then Mia and I now live alone. And that was something that we were so, 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 so excited about. So I lived my whole life, moved 13, 14 times before I graduated high school. Then right when I graduate, I live in an apartment with three guys in a three bedroom. So they each had their own room. Then I lived in a living room and I just lived on a couch. And then I eventually got a bed in there. And, but it was, it was like you walk in and right there, the living room was like the size of my office here. And then there was just my bed and that was the whole apartment. And then there was the three open doors for the rooms. And yeah, I'm so grateful that my cousin let me crash there for as long. It was supposed to be just crashing there and figuring it out. And then I lived there and paid rent just like everybody else. But it was, it was just, yeah, it was not like a real place. <laughs> um, so yeah, now that I have this place, I'm getting lost. What am I, th- where was I going with this? Okay. Leaving LA. So yeah, moved out of LA. Now LA to me, and I take this with a grain of salt. I think it's gotten a whole lot shittier. I think that in 2019, you still felt like when you blew up online or when social media was going well, you would move to LA. Because there was so much opportunity in LA for you. There were so many creators to meet. There was so much this community, X, Y, and Z. But now there there isn't that sense of community anymore. And then on top of that, th- you don't need to come here. Like look at some of the people that are unbelievably successful like uh, Kai Sanat, uh, Aiden Ross, all these people, Miami, Atlanta. You don't need to move to LA anymore. There is no reason for it. Like it doesn't bring you any benefit and... So like it, people just aren't moving because if you can do everything online and make money, these people are making millions and millions and millions of dollars, but they're not here. They, you don't have to be here anymore. It's kind of like a, people felt like, and I think this all started with the Viners in like 2016. They all moved to Vine Street, funny enough, and they were all hanging out there and they would all go to these apartments. But 
they thought they had to move to LA for that, but in reality, they didn't. They were all doing well alone. But I mean, it all led to what it did. You know, like people like Jake Paul, Team Ten House, all that stuff out here worked really well. And I think that was part of it. And then Hype House, once again, in LA, boom, people at the door, all this. It was like repeating history with, with Team Ten again four years later. And I think that we're coming up on that time where something like that is going to happen, but I don't think it's in LA anymore. And I could be completely wrong here. And you guys can feel free to let me know, but I just feel like the city is not what it used to be. And it's not necessarily as important as it used to be. Like, okay, if you want to be an actor, you don't have to be in LA to go to castings anymore. You used to have to go in person. Now most of them are self-tapes. If you're an artist, like Tennessee is doing great. Um, there's plenty of places in Florida that are doing great and modeling. New York is still a big place for modeling and so is LA. So maybe that's one of those fields that it's better to be out here, but you're also going to make more money if you do modeling for it and you do social media. So like if you're a so- social media model, you'll make more money because your online presence will be more valuable to the brands. So you don't really have to move to LA anymore for the most part. And I think that's kind of killed the city. Like if you go to any of the popular places, they're dead there, there's just no life there and it's because the whole idea of like oh everyone goes to these restaurants in LA all these celebrities whatever then people go there because they want to run into them or they want to feel like they're in that and if you go to the Hollywood strip like it's disgusting it's not nice it's not like it, there's nothing special about it anymore and I feel like even when I moved here that was already done but now like I know people who have moved to downtown Hollywood thinking like, oh my God, or downtown LA or to Hollywood, expecting the most like beautiful place ever. And it's like, yeah, the apartment buildings are nice, but the area around it is really shitty. And like, I I almost got someone, I was leaving my friend's apartment in 2019. Yeah, 2019. And as I'm coming down and leaving down the street, there is a man with a spear walking around, like a homeless man walking around with a spear trying to throw it at people. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this feels like we are in a zombie apocalypse movie walking around the streets of Hollywood. So yeah, it's, it's not as nice as it used to be at all. And I mean, I don't even know if it was ever nice. I wasn't here. But Beverly Hills and all those areas were beautiful. And I feel like now, higher crime, personally don't like being around those areas anymore. I like where I live a thousand times more. I live a little bit deserted. I'm in the middle of nowhere. And it Here's the issue with having a big house. My house is 10, 12,000 square feet. It's very big. Nine bedrooms. I'm in the process of selling it. And some of you guys were asking in the last podcast, like, what are you doing with the house? I'm figuring it out. I'm, it, it, this economy, this real estate is not going great. The interest rates are at 75 seven to 8% right now. And that's if you have good credit. Keep in mind, a few years back, they were just 3 4 5%. So that's a huge hike. Like you're paying an unreal amount for for buying a home. So that's affecting the real estate market. It doesn't affect my house so much because my house is like a very particular buyer and those people usually aren't very hell-bent on rates. But it still does make an, an impact on the sale of the home. And then on top of that, the next house I'm going to buy is looking like it's going to cost the exact same amount as this one did because... I got locked into a better interest rate before when the rates were lower. So if I refinance, I mean, not if I refinance, if I buy a new house and I get a new loan, it's going to be almost as expensive as what I'm paying here for a house that's like a quarter of the size because I don't want a house this big. But the reason I bring that up is because this house 
love it. It's unbelievably beautiful, but it needs a family and it needs a lot of people here. That was the reason I got it is because nine bedrooms. I had a lot of people, a lot of influencers living here. That was the whole concept, but I don't want to do that anymore. And like, I've truly enjoyed being alone with my girlfriend so much. Like we get to just spend time with our dogs and this now like I can still work and do all my things, but I don't have to be around people 24 seven. And that's been very, very nice for me. And that's what I was saying is I lived with my brother and our family and then moved around a lot. And then I never had my own room really until I was older, like 16, 17, right before I graduated. Then when actually, I think I had my own room during high school. Yeah. But I was left alone a lot and it was just like not a good environment. Then graduated, moved in with three guys. Then hype house, the first house we lived with. Oh my God. I don't even know. 12, 13 people. And then the next house was like 22 people that live there. Plus all the people that were like stragglers and just like wouldn't leave. And then after that here was, I think 15 people and then five on the low end and then 10, 12 again. So it was just like always packed. And now it's just me and I, it's just two of us. And Leo blue, Timmy Nala, obviously, but it's just me and I, and it's so peaceful. I'm not going to lie. Like, and, and this is, I'm not being like mean or whatever. Like I, it's just nice to be left alone and have peace of mind. And like the house is clean all the time and all these things. It's just things that happen from living with a ton of roommates versus living by yourself. Like me and I clean often and we're very like neat freaks when it comes to keeping a house clean, our room clean, like folding my laundry, all these things. Like every room in this house is relatively clean all the time. And I love that. So back to my point. So I got out of LA and it's been unbelievably nice being in this area. I don't think I'll ever move back. Actually, I will never, ever move back to the city of LA. And I have, me and I are both from San Diego and we've thought about moving back there. But the, and she would be happy with that, I think, still to this day. I don't want to speak for her. But I have a very weird emotional block with that city because of the traumatic events that I went through when I was younger. And like, I, I truly have, moved on and forgotten about a lot of these things but I still get there and like I walk around places that I used to be growing up and, and I get uncomfortable and I don't want to be there for very long I like going for a day and visiting family and whatnot see my grandparents and then leaving I don't like being there for a long time and I think that if I move there that would change but also there are opportunities that arise in LA that are not often but times where it's like I will have a partnership that I'm doing with a company and I have to go into LA to the studio to film it or where I have to go into LA to attend an event and it is a paid thing. So it's like, it is a work thing to be here and I wouldn't want to drive two hours up north for that. And on top of that, I just like where we live more than that. But then it kind of posed the question of, well, what about leaving California? And that's a big thing that I've thought about a lot. And I know a lot of people that live in Tennessee, Texas, Florida. I don't really, I don't think I would fit in in Florida. I just don't know if it's for me. I've never been, but I don't know if it's for me. And then East Coast places like Connecticut. And, you know, there, there's a lot of beautiful places out there. And I've thought about what about restarting over there. But it's hard to leave what you know. And I know California. It's like I have everything I need here. Dentists, doctors, my the guy who does my car wraps, body shops, like friends, all, all this stuff that are in LA that it would be hard to leave. 
but then I want to get a little closer to the city that I'm closest to right now. So where I live is kind of out there and like, yeah, I have 20 acres of land and all that, but I, I don't need all that. I'm not growing anything. I don't have a farm. I don't need that. So I, I am very stuck on like, if I want to stay here or not, but my heart's telling me stay in Los Angeles, but I, it, outside of LA, but it, it it does feel like it's slowing down. Like, and I don't know if that's just me, maybe I'm wrong, but it feels like the city is not what it used to be. And it doesn't breathe the same light that it used to be, that it used to. So yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of stuck on living here and whatnot. And I'm sure that a lot of you guys are curious too, like what's going on with Hype House? Because there's nobody in Hype House anymore, really. I don't know what I'm doing with it. I have these goals and aspirations to turn it into a media company. And like, I have a lot of respect for Dave Portnoy for what he's built with Barstool Sports. I think it's incredible. And I kind of want to do something like that, but more of like a podcast and creator network. But I'm just trying to think of the logistics on how that would work. And I have a few projects that are in the books that could potentially be cool that I'm working with other companies on for Hype House. But I don't know. I'm, I'm stuck. Because it used to be a content house, but I don't want to do that anymore. And I don't think that's a long lasting thing. Like I was able to keep it alive for a while because it was creators coming in and out of the house. And that was the whole concept was like had people in and then we moved to the next house, added more people, same thing, just cycle through and keep things entertaining and fun. That was the idea, but that's not what I want to do anymore. It's just not what I want to do with my time and my life, but the hype house has gotten such notoriety and like people recognize the name so well, there's something there. And I've been plotting for the past year on what I want to do with it. And I've just been more focused on myself. Like I started a social media agency called hype artist agency and we're doing really well. We're getting a lot of partnerships in for talent and that's constantly growing every week. We're adding new people to the roster and, It's been so much fun and being able to make creators money has been really cool. So that's kind of been like a project that I've been working on that I'm more excited on and more focused on. And right now it's like sell house, hype artist agency, grow it, and then figure out hype house and myself. That's why I started this podcast is because I wanted to come back to YouTube, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's where I want to spend all my time is filming YouTube videos. And, And I just don't know. I want to do it when I love it again. And I don't know what I want to film because all my content was centered around friendship and people and this and that. And that's not me anymore. That was at that time in my life, but now it's me and I don't know what I want to film for just me. So I'm kind of like figuring out YouTube right now. That's why I started the podcast because I love talking and I love talking to people and I want to have intellectual conversations with people because that's meeting with other people in business and other successful entrepreneurs. That's my favorite thing to do. So this podcast isn't going to be about like drama or this or that. It's like, I I truly just don't give a shit about those things. And if I was sitting here with somebody who has those things going on in their life, like it's not my place to be like, Hey, what's going on with this and this? Like, I just, I don't want to do that. I want to have an open conversation, talk about things going on in the world, have a nice time, enjoy an hour with a friend and kind of keep it simple. So that's where I want to lead this podcast. That's what I'm going to do. But yeah, I just, and also that's another thing with this is like, this is something I do want to spend my time on. And I think that if I'm not in LA, 
getting people to do a podcast would be really difficult. And on top of that, who's gonna, yeah, like who's going to fly out to do a podcast? Nobody. Even if I'm covering it, it's still just like it's a major inconvenience where driving over to someone's house to do it is a lot easier. So <clears throat> as of now, I think staying in the city is the right thing to do or around Los Angeles, staying in the county. Actually, I don't think I'm in Los Angeles County at the moment, but you, you guys know what I mean, like 45 an hour outside the city. But yeah, that's kind of where my mindset is at. But I don't know. I, I, I'm just still trying to figure out when I'm selling this house, when I'm putting it back on the market, which realtors I'm going to work with, all that stuff right now. But I'm, I am excited for that next step. But it's Christmas. And so this is the slowest time for real estate is November, December, early January. Just because holiday season, people aren't really buying homes. They more start buying in like spring and summer. That's the busiest time. This podcast isn't going to be like a business podcast, but a lot of the conversation will be centered around business. And that's because just there's a lot of people in this creator space. I know there's a lot of people that want to get into it. I'm sure that a lot of you guys are curious about kind of like how the back end of the, the brands work and how people make money in this industry and all that. Because I meet so many people that are like, oh, you get, do you get paid on views? like on TikTok and stuff. And it's like, n- no, not really. That's not how it works. Most of the creators that you guys know and love make money a few ways. YouTube is the number one. That's the most successful people are YouTube or streaming. So YouTubers and streamers, I think make the most money in the creator field. And then I'd say third is girls with girl followings and men with male followings on other platforms. <clears throat> so like, for example, people like, Alex Earl will be able to make a lot of money because she has a very lucrative audience for she's a girl with a large female fan base. So she's able to sell a lot of products, but also then going on to like YouTube and all these other platforms, you'll make a lot of money on those things or podcasts or whatever it may be. But most social media people, it's YouTube is the number one because you get paid on views. So if you get a million views and you have a good CPM, you can make five, $10,000 for that million views. If you have a great CPM and sometimes even higher, if you're in like automotive finance, stuff like that. So that's one way Two brand deals, obviously. And that kind of depends on the creator, how big their audience is, how willing they are to do them or what brands it is. If it aligns like someone like Alex Earl, if she's known for makeup and she gets a makeup sponsorship, she can charge a lot because that audience that millions, millions of followers, follower are interested in that. So she's able to charge more. So that's like one way that other creators make money. And then Snapchat also pays for story views. So you guys will notice that a lot of creators have moved over to Snapchat and that's a primary source of income for a lot of people at the moment is because they get paid on the views there. So some platforms are adapting. TikTok does the same, but it's not great. So if you get a million views on a long form video on TikTok, it's like a minute plus. It, it's like a couple hundred bucks maybe, which seems like that's doable. But then the CPMs like change often and, and TikTok has never been very creator first when it comes to monetization like right now they are heavily pushing tiktok shop which is great it's like a competitor for amazon or whatever maybe and you know i'm sure you guys have seen a ton of products and those businesses that are on there are making more than most of the creators i know because they're trying to become like an e-commerce platform from what i can see and i think that that's kind of damaged tiktok like i'm sure it's great for the company and the business side of things but for me, like I've noticed that I've gone on it less and less. And when it was more about creators and entertainment, I thought it was more fun. But also like who's going to watch TikTok if every three swipes is an ad? 
Because that's the only way that YouTube makes money. If YouTube didn't have the annoying amount of ads that there are on people's videos, like they wouldn't make money. And then how is anybody else going to make money? So I get where they're coming from, but I think that it's kind of ruined the short form model. One of the, one of the things I don't understand is why Elon, because Elon bought Twitter and made it X. I don't know why he didn't bring back Vine. It must be because he wants to keep X as like, the all-inclusive platform, but I thought bringing back Vine would have sparked a lot of life back from what TikTok has lost. I think TikTok's great. I think there's a lot of creators that are crushing it, but I've noticed that when I go through my For You page, like, yeah, it's funny sometimes, but I'll be like, laugh, laugh, okay, TikTok shop, TikTok shop, TikTok shop. Like, I don't I don't care about these products. I'm not buying anything here. So, I don't, I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? Do you guys feel like it's kind of damaged it because I, I don't know I don't I wouldn't say damaged because I think the app is still great but I do think that it's I don't know it's hindered my interest in going on it I liked when it was more creator first and like there was always just funny content coming up and interesting things I think there was a good middle ground like after 2021 like it stopped just being the same people that are on the for you page all the time and then it became like so many creators there was such an overabundance of content that was when I was like, okay, this is entertaining to watch. And then it became like TikTok shop. And now I don't really watch anymore. But yeah, so that's some of the ways that just people monetize off of content. And I feel like that topic isn't really talked about that often. And I want to have other creators on and kind of talk about what works for them. And then, oh, and also obviously people who are on OnlyFans make a shit ton of money. Um, that whole market is just unreal with how much people make if you guys heard some of the numbers you'd be like this is absolutely insane so that comes down to like okay if you're a girl with a massive male audience which is usually comes from more provocative type of content then more guys will follow you or if they just if you just always do like thirst traps and this type of stuff then guys follow and vice versa if you're a guy who does that you get all girls and that audience is unbelievably hard to monetize i think actually girls to guys is easier because of OnlyFans and those types of platforms. There's a ton of money in that market. And then male to female, I think is the hardest. I think like what I have is 85% female. I think that's the hardest audience to monetize off of unless you are one good at making long form content. So either YouTube videos, podcasts, stuff like that. Girls are very loyal when they watch that stuff. Or if you do music and stuff like that, it's like One Direction, Justin Bieber, all them. They have these massive female audiences. Obviously, they sold out arenas and tours and made a ton of money on streams and this that. So girls are very loyal in that sense if you provide a quality product, some music or YouTube videos or whatever it may be. So uh, yeah, I think that that's got to be the least monetizable. So like all those guys you see with millions and millions of girl followers, it doesn't really translate to anything unless you're really good at selling brands. Like if you're really good at working with partnerships, but then you still have to be in certain niches. So you have to have like, you got to be an either like makeup, skincare um, or something like that. Because if you're a guy with guys, you can do fitness, you can do cars, you can do any of that stuff and people love that. So it's interesting. It's like I have hype cars and that's one of my pages and I have a 85 or 90% male audience on there. And the relationship I have with those fans, I don't even want to say fans, just followers that I have on there, they are very different and like they're more likely to buy a product. So like I'm working on a company called Driven Energy, 
me and these two guys named Kevin, they're really cool. We're working on an energy drink company and that will most likely sell more there, even though I only have 880 or 900,000 followers on there than it will on my main page with 8 million. So it's interesting how like there, there's just different types of people that want to dive buy from different types of people. So men to men is just easier because they feel like they're buying from someone else who's selling. I don't know. I don't know. There's supposed to be some psychological reason why. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously interests like the guys who follow me there like cars. And so it's easier to sell within a niche. But on my main page, it's like it's more skincare and stuff like that. Like I suffer with eczema. It sucks. But I've been wanting to start a eczema product. And I'm not going to say the name just in case. But I've been thinking about dabbling in that as well. But that, for example, will sell more to my main audience. So you just have to be kind of, you have to think ahead and kind of think about what would work for your audience. And then I think the most important thing to note, if you are interested in doing social media and doing all this, I think it's so, so much fun. It's such an amazing field to be in. But you need to build it off of you. Because what I've noticed is a lot of creators will just make content that will perform well and get a lot of views. But then you get over it at some point because it's not you. And then you're kind of like stuck in this pattern of, you know, if you break and do different content than what you originally did, it's going to slow down. So say you average a million views, but you do the same type of video every day. But then after a year, you've built up millions of people for that. But then you're like, why did I even do that? I don't like that. I don't want to film that type of content. Then you have to start from ground zero again and rebuild again. So, and this is just like kind of what happens as an influencer, if you want to say that. So that's why like I built the car page and that's because I love cars and it's something that I'm always interested in, always doing things around. My cars are always in the shop, getting wrapped, getting worked on. So it's something that I can like document there and it's just for fun for me, but people really resonate with it a lot because it's something that I'm really passionate about. And I think that's one of the key things that people don't realize with social media is like it's so easy to grow for the wrong reasons or to grow an inauthentic audience. And that's why it makes me so happy to see people do really well that are genuine. And like, I don't know people like Alex Earl, but she comes across very genuine and it makes me happy to see people like that succeed in that niche and be transparent and all that stuff. And like someone like Keith Lee, who I know is doing amazing and he is, he, he is doing all the right things and he's very deserving and I love to see that. It's like one of my favorite things to see creators that are well-deserving do really well. So yeah, that's mainly what it would be this podcast is about. But I kind of just wanted to like touch on how people make money in this industry. Why I've thought about leaving LA if I'm going to. I think as of now, I'm going to stay. But I have seriously thought about it. So if there's any places out there that are just beautiful that I should see, please comment down below. And if there are people who you guys want to see on this podcast ASAP, let me know. I'm working on getting guests, working on reaching out to people. I just don't know who I want on as the first person. I haven't figured it out. So I'll keep you guys updated with that. I think this episode was short, like 30, 35 minutes. But I'll see you guys next Friday for episode three of No Hard Feelings. If you guys have not subscribed yet, click subscribe. And let me know who you guys want to see on first. And I will attempt to get them on. But yeah, a lot of exciting conversations coming. And love you all. Thanks for tuning in. All right. Peace.